you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back and congratulations. You're here with District Baseball. Nick and Trey back at it again talking all things Nats as well as Major League Baseball as we wind down the 2023 season, including Jackson Rutledge's bounce-back performances over the past week. We have plenty of playoff talk going on as well as some uh, milestone achievements for some players around the league. But Trey, what's going on? Nick, uh, we're just uh, getting ready for some epic uh, showdowns here in the last week of the season, uh, especially in that AL West and that AL wildcard race um, right now. And uh I'm just super excited to to get into that. But uh, before we do, we have a little bit of Nats news. It's not much, but we do have some. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of one of those things has been the performance of Jackson Rutledge after a rough first start. That was the last time we talked about him was after yep. that rough first start where he did not look quite MLB ready. Uh, well, in the two starts since then, we're talking a two three eight ERA in eleven innings pitched. Um, got his first career win against the Atlanta Braves on Sunday. Of which, all teams. Of all teams. I mean, you're and you're talking about uh, a bad weather game as well, which can yeah. be tough for pitchers. It was it was probably bad enough at some points to delay if they didn't have the second game right after it. Um, so really impressive stuff. He pitched with confidence, uh, pounded the strike zone in, in his last two outings versus Chicago, uh, the White Sox, and Atlanta. And that was something that we wanted to see after that first uh, start where he, he was working from behind way too much. Uh, mm-hmm. So good stuff from him. I'm, I'm actually really excited to uh, see him having some success. Yeah. If you had told me, you know, when we first found out that Jackson Rutledge would be called up, that he would be slotted to face the Pirates, the White Sox and the Braves, and he would win one of those starts. I mean, no one's picking the Braves, but that's the one he won. <laughs> yeah. Um, granted, he, he pitched well enough against the White Sox to get the win. It's just you know, the Nats offense doing Nats offensive things that are offensive to me and uh, fans everywhere. See what I did there? I thought that was nice. I do. Um, Excellent pun. <laughs> but like, yeah, like as you pointed out, 11 and a third, three earned runs, uh, you know, keeping the walks down, which has really been his, um, you know, Achilles heel, especially in AAA, but, you know, throughout his time in the minors, very similar to Jake Irvin in, in some regards as um, far as like their profile goes, granted Rutledge is the more highly touted prospect and um, seemingly will be the the more um, accomplished professional. But who, whoever, like who knows? Baseball is, is a weird sport in that regard, and that's not a, a shot at J- against Jake Irvin. He's pitched well this year. Um, but 
I just can't figure out where I stand on Jackson Rutledge because I was really high for a while. And I think a lot of that admittedly had to do with the fact that I just wanted one prospect to pan out. <laughs> like yeah, it had I mean, been so long. Pitching wise, yeah. So I put all my eggs in the Jackson Rutledge basket because prior to all of these fire sales and all of these trades, that was the, you know, the only place to go really. Like you're not going to put your eggs into, you know, the, 16 year old Dominican signing that you're not going to see for at least seven years, if not ever. Right. So, you know, you had to put it in somewhere, but then, you know, he, he dealt with injuries and struggle and it's just like, man, I don't know if we're ever going to see Jackson Rutledge. And then of course, all this shiny new toys come in via trade and the draft and whatnot. He kind of got overlooked in some regard, but I think that might've honestly been a good thing for him because we've seen, what happens when the Nats kind of like hyper-focus on a certain player, they like force him up. And, you know, we can talk about the G- Lucas Giolito handling, but even Ronaldo Lopez, like they were forcing them to the majors and yeah, yeah maybe they're, sho- yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're showcasing them for trades and, you know, hindsight's 2020, but like th- the way you just handled them as far as player development, like they were really rushed to the majors because they were the guys, mm-hmm. but now Jackson Rutledge doesn't have to be the guy and he can just go out there and pitch. And obviously he's given an opportunity to uh, with some injuries late in the year. And as we wind down, we just need fresh arms to, to finish out the year for us. And he's doing well. And it really is a good thing. Obviously it's a good thing for the Nets, but y- you know, they have to figure out their starting rotation yet again, going into 2024 and i think rutledge has shown enough to be like okay we can give him a start out of camp and let's see how it turns out yeah i mean uh i think if anything it's uh, you know starts by him and and Irvin. even a donut points have shown that there is some semblance of pitching depth maybe not for like guys that are great starters but guys who are back-end starters maybe some long relievers and you need those guys so uh, it's been good to see him have some success along with uh, Irvin. Uh, and, you know, Adone is inconsistent, but he, he'll show flashes where I'm like, man, this guy's got some really good stuff. And it's just, you know, we, we just got to get that consistency. That's what we're always talking about. And uh, yeah, that's that's the next step for all those guys. Yeah. And we'll obviously talk about it as we get further into the offseason and past the playoffs and all the good baseball that we have to talk about later this episode and over the next couple of weeks. Um, but with Yoana Donut, just because you brought him up, I think he fills that that spot start long reliever role better than most, at least most in-house options. Like I'm over the Corey Abbott experience. Obviously, the past couple of years it's been Palo Espino and uh, Erasmo Ramirez, both of which are gone now. And I think that's the right choice. I think the other logical choice is to move uh Trevor Williams to the bullpen, which is something we'll gonna be talking about because I don't think he's going anywhere. And if he's gonna stick around, let's not, you know, try to make him something he's not. Let's use play to his strengths and use him to the best of his abilities the, in a role that he excelled with with the Mets. And I only bring those two names up because that creates spots in the rotation. Corbin will be back for one more year. You have Josiah Gray, you have Mackenzie Gore. I, I think Jake Irvin has done enough to if he's your four or five, you're fine. Right. So that at least brings leaves one spot open. And I think Jackson Rutledge is that guy for right now. Obviously things change all the time in baseball, but I I'm more than comfortable giving Jackson Rutledge that fit spot. And not to mention you have Kate Cavalli coming back at some point from Tommy John. Yeah. And I would actually like to see the six man rotation earlier in the season next year. Wouldn't personally. mind it at all. Um, I feel, all. yeah. If, I mean, I, our, over overall, the, the the guys have looked better since instituting that 
as a, as a whole. I mean, they're still not great, but uh, we've, we've seen the, the benefit to having rest or just skipping starts sometimes. That would be fine, too. We saw how great Josiah was when they finally got around to doing that. When Jake Irvin has struggled this year, they've skipped starts for him, and he's come back strong. Uh, so, yeah, honestly, not the worst thing uh, to uh, in, in terms of our, our starting pitching depth at the back end of the rotation. Still uh, got to figure out how to get an ace or two uh, <laughs> at, either through development or free agency because – uh, the, the, the front end is, is looking rough, but the back end, you know, not too bad. Um, and yeah. we also are going to be using, I would hope some of that free agent money on the bullpen depth as well. Um, and hopefully not just bringing back old friends, uh, including Mr. Sean Doolittle, who is not available anymore because he has finally retired. Uh, it was kind of, we kind of thought it was happening with the injuries cause he's been trying to fight back from, from a knee thing as well uh and then he he actually revealed he re-aggravated that knee and that's kind of why he uh decided to call it a career but uh you know uh, and that's freaking retirement that actually happened first of all uh and didn't get canceled like the week of so that's yeah, cool. shocker how that all came together nice and smooth uh smoothly yeah and, no, and same day press conference that night throughout yeah. the first pitch that game like what was the difference there i wonder anyways yeah. <laughs> um we love do uh he was obviously the man for you know, a good three. I think he was here for 20, but I don't even, I don't remember 20 season, honestly. Anyways, uh, I, you know, Nats fans certainly would agree that Doolittle's contributions are definitely more, even more valuable than his statistics with the Nats, especially that 2019 season where his ERA probably wasn't the best, but ask any Nats fan who watched during the first half of that season, he carried the bullpen until we got Daniel Hudson that year. I mean, by himself mm-hmm. held it together with duct tape. I mean, it was it was yeah. just Sean Doolittle, and uh, and then obviously in the playoffs he was excellent. So um, we love Do, and uh, we we really hope that he finds even more happiness in his next step. Yeah, literally, I, I get so tired of the bringing guys back. Um, I I just think you can only catch lightning in a bottle once, and if if you're lucky, and it seems like the Nats always try to, you know. <laughs> find the magic squeeze again. yeah squeeze everything for for what it's worth but Doolittle was one where i'm like <sighs> like it sucks to see him struggle but you know through all of those struggles and there was a lot of them you know at the tail end of his tenure with nats um it was just like man i i, I really want him to, to figure it out but um yeah as you pointed out it seemed like the writing was on the wall he had a couple of quick stops with cincinnati and seattle that didn't work out and then he was actually back with us for you know, a cup of coffee and it looked great. Yeah. He did look good until that until he got hurt. He had this, yeah, like, and he was actually kind of dominant for those like eight or so innings that he threw last five year. Five and a third. Five, five and, and a third. third. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, to your point, I mean, the 2019 season doesn't, if you take one key cog out of that, and I, I would obviously argue Doolittle was a very key cog mm-hmm. in uh, the 2019 run. Like if you take one and just put in a league average player, like that, that run does not happen. Yeah. Like I, I don't have the postseason numbers in front of me and we're not going to like do a deep dive into the 2019 run as fun as that would be, but like maybe another time. Yeah. Another time. <laughs> another time. That, that's like January talk. Yeah. Um, But like do little for, you know, the, what the, the stats may say, like he was so instrumental in making that things happen. It, as long if it only were, was just 
a, a semi-reliable arm out of the bullpen because like he wasn't as good as his 2017 self when he came over from the trade he certainly wasn't good as his 2018 all-star self when he was absolutely phenomenal for us and he's about like, the only I, bullpen arm that was reliable that year in too. a year that like we'll go if we didn't win in 2019 i'm looking at that 2018 and be like what the hell went wrong because that 2018 team should have done so much better but obviously when you win one year later it's a little bit easier to to handle um but do a little great guy i i he's again one that i hope sticks around the club as it sounds like they're both sticking in dc mm-hmm. so i would imagine he's going to be around the team frequently um which i am all for like his story is fascinating too like he was he went to uva which obviously is a very good baseball school but he was the first baseman and then you know he learns to to pitch and, and be a pretty damn good pitcher you know uh when it was all said and done 11 years in the big leagues 294 or sorry 294 whip but 32 era not too shabby, not too shabby at all. World Series champion, a lot of wisdom that he can impart. And that's the type of guy that is your kind of clubhouse present, is a leader because he's in and around. And yeah, he may not be a coach or he may just be like a special assistant or whatever, but that's the guy that you can keep around to to impart wisdom on the next generation uh, of Nats. And it doesn't have to be uh, a roster spot <laughs> for a yeah. guy that is just around to, uh, you know, be a cheerleader or anything like that. But uh, yeah, Shoshan do a little great guy, wish him nothing but the best. It was, it was a great ride uh, with Washington, which doesn't always happen for a midseason acquisition, but I'm certainly glad uh, his uh, turned out well for, for everyone involved and wish him nothing but the best. Absolutely. So, all right, we are uh, going to talk a ton of uh, just baseball. Our, our Nat segment was a little bit shorter today, so we can talk all the great things uh, going around the league as uh, the playoff races uh, wind down. But before we do that, let's pause and get a word from our sponsors. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we're back in talking baseball and talking milestones. For the first time in 17 years, we have a 40-40 player, courtesy of one Ronald Acuna Jr. Quite frankly, it's kind of an embarrassment that it took him this long. Uh, but, you know, I guess we got to give credit where credit is due. You know, it's a re- there's a reason why this is uh, such a few and far between milestone, but uh, it just had to happen against the Nats. It feels like any you know, milestone, whether it's a 40, 40 home run or the 40th home run to get to 40, 40, or, you know, 762 or 63, whatever for Barry Bonds, it just always comes against the Nats. But uh, yeah, Patrick Corbin let Ronald Cunha get to 40, 40, which, you know, who could have seen that coming? Yeah, exactly. Um, Does this basically make him a, a lock for NL MVP? I believe so. And it's not even going to be a 40, 40, it's going to be a 40, 70. And yeah, like obviously we, you know, we, <laughs> yeah, I, I we're, 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 we're talking 40, bit, 40. But... Yeah. 40, 40 is, is the benchmark we, we've chosen because it hasn't been, been done, but he's doing even more than that. Yeah. Um, for the conversation of, should he be the MVP once again? I don't know. I don't know if it's him or Mookie, outstanding but, uh, player versus value. And, you know, yeah, that argument. he's, he's going to win. He's going to win because of yeah. those milestones um, almost guaranteed. But uh, and it's not like I'm, I'm I don't want to act like I'm diminishing anything he's done this year. Elite season. Absolutely elite season. I would I'm not going to be upset that he wins it. I'm really not. Uh, but, you know, that's where we just wanted to talk. When we're talking like, you know, value and, and stuff like that. It's different. But uh 40 for acuna absolutely incredible and uh you know with the stolen with these stolen base rules who's to say he won't do it again next year and i think we're going to see m- more mm-hmm. um i i don't i wish i i knew i i had a, i think julio rodriguez gets there at some point in his yeah. career i'm not ready to say it next year but the stolen bases are gonna obviously skyrocket and continue to skyrocket and it's just a ma- it seems like 40 home runs is like happening at a, a lesser rate. And obviously, you know, I'm sure steroids have a, a part to do with it. Yeah. It's, it's um, actually going up for stolen bases and right. down for homers. Now it's, it's interesting. How that's yeah. Working. So, so it, it's weird to think like the, the tougher part of 40 is now home runs, which mm-hmm. before it felt opposite where it's like, it was hard to get to double digit, you know, stolen bases like 2020 was such an accomplishment. And now you're the number of 2020 players are, are, going to rise exponentially because it's so much easier to to get to 20 stolen bases with you know the pickoff limitations and the bigger bases and whatnot um which i think is a good thing i'm not i'm not like complaining about it and i'm not like the the baseball purist that doesn't want anything to ever change just for the (laughs) you know the sake of keeping the game the same like I, i think that's just silly um but i'm just saying i think we will see more 40 40 players but i think acuna also would have done it if the rules weren't in place either, like he was he's, always a good base runner and base stealer and obviously always had the power. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had a 37 homer. He was 37, 41. Yeah. It was like that. He almost mm-hmm. did it already. So yeah, he probably would have done it regardless. So it, it's definitely not something that we want to diminish. Like I said earlier, but uh, yeah, yeah it, it'll probably be, you know, 40, 60 now or 40, 70. Cause he's yeah, probably going to hit that. Benchmark. So, there's yeah it's it's going to be changing and yeah like you said 2020 is not even a big deal anymore lane thomas yeah. is going to go 30 20 
this year, probably. I mean, he's like 28 homers. He's already gotten 20 home bases. I mean, we need C.J. Abrams to hit two more home runs, so he's 20-20 as well. And he he would and, be 20-40. Yeah. There, but yeah, obviously, so. he, he would be on pace for 20-90. <laughs> if, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. Over yeah. a full season. But. Um, so, yeah, so the benchmarks are going to be different, which is interesting, I think. It's going to be fun to see how those change and how we view those uh, seasons going forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's move on and talk just playoffs. And I mean, when I say we're talking playoffs, we are covering as much as we can possibly cover in this show. We're going all around the league. And I think the logical place to start is the the place where we alluded to at the top of the show. And that's the AL West, but kind of the AL wild card as a whole. The AL West obviously determines a lot because you have three teams in uh, Texas, Houston and Seattle that are vying for the division. And it seems like at least one of those teams will get, well, definitely one of those, te- at least one of those teams, other teams will get one of the wildcard spots. If not both of them, it seems like Toronto's kind of pulling away with the second wildcard spot, which leaves again, one of the AL West teams for the obviously division and the wildcard. So my question to you is who the hell misses like, I can make legit arguments for any three of these ALS teams to be in the playoffs and make a run. And one of them is going to get left out. And I don't know who is that. Well, that's what I was going to say, you know, a really good team is going to, is going to miss the playoffs, which, you know, is funny because we have expanded playoffs. Now you thought that that might not happen, but no, we're going to be sitting here with one of those AL, ALS teams, probably yeah. sitting on the outside saying, how the heck are we not a part of this? But this is my hot take. Um, here's the deal. Seattle Mariners are my squad. I'm sticking with them. Yeah, okay? I agree. They've got, they've got seven home games to end the season, three versus uh, Houston starting tonight. That's a big one. In yep. literally 10 minutes, Justin Verlander versus uh, Luis Castillo. Ridiculous matchup. Yeah. Uh, uh, Going to be great stuff there. And then you got Texas coming to town into Seattle. Give me the Seattle Mariners going six and one this week and winning the division. I mean, Boom. but Let's I feel go. like that that's kind of what they're going to need to to make this thing happen, because, yeah. uh, well, you know, they've they've left themselves in a position where, you know, they're they're down, but at least that they kind of control their own destiny. If they win, they're in. Yeah. So tech, for those that, you know, haven't looked, Texas is two and a half games up on Houston, who's currently sits in second and in the final wildcard spot. Seattle is three games back of the division. So still the division is well within play for seattle but they're only half a game back of houston for the final wildcard spot but they are on the outside looking in and so i mean this series right now is a playoff series for both houston and seattle like it's must watch tv and obviously you just alluded to the pitching matchup tonight like this is what we talked about last week like there is playoff baseball going on right now but because it's monday night and there's monday night football and all this other stuff like it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle don't let it like this is playoff baseball right now in Houston, Seattle. If this was like an ALCS matchup, I would not be surprised whatsoever because I, I like a lot of the things both of these teams are doing. And again, I can make legitimate arguments for both these teams going on a run. Absolutely. And uh, essentially if you see a sweep in this series by either team, the team that gets swept is it's a basically sentence. done. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're done. I mean, that's how yeah. close we are to the end here. So I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it. Houston misses the playoffs this year. They play, they're playing the worst baseball out of any of these teams right now. They've lost, they lost five games this month to the Royals. Okay. We were talking about it before how ridiculous that is. 
They also lost the series to the Oakland A's this month in September, coming down the stretch when they were in position to win that division pretty easily. All they had to do was take care of business, and they did not take care of business. They've left themselves where they shouldn't be. They should already probably be clinched into the playoffs, uh, but they've they've lost some games. There's been some questionable management. Um, basically, I I don't I don't know. I mean, again, I'm probably sleeping on them because they have those experienced guys who've been there before. And we'll see how that comes through this week. But judging by how they've played coming down the stretch, I don't see it. And and, uh, I think that the Mariners are going to win the series. And I think that the the Astros end up out of the playoffs. Questionable management from Dusty Baker? Never. (laughs) Never. People are not going to like that, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I like, I love Dusty, but like, as a person, there's no one better. There's no one better. As a tactician, there's a reason it took him longer than any other coach to win a World Series. That I were just, that's, that's yeah. just saying. Yeah. Uh, again, as a person, there's no one better. But, you know, a lot of the times winning is in spite of the coach. And I, I think there's some of that going on in Houston. And, you know, they're losing games that they need to win. If they had just split with the Royals, they're winning the leading the division right now. At least, uh, yeah, uh, they're they're close, and yeah, that was uh, they got swept at home by the Royals. Yeah, bad at stuff. Ho- that's in September. That's bad. I mean, that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, I'll follow you. Um, I don't. I had the Rangers uh, making the playoffs out of spring training, so I'm going to stick with that and take my mm-hmm. uh, victory lap. You know, follow in the footsteps of my Corey Seager victory lap, and take my Texas Rangers victory lap. Um, I'll allow it. So I, I don't think they're going to miss. And yeah, I'm just trying to will Seattle into the playoffs manifest them. Mm-hmm. I, I get tired of the same teams over and over again. Like the NBA could completely lost my attention when it was the Warriors and Cavs every single year. And um, you know, now that Houston's one and Atlanta's one, I, I want new teams in there. And I, this year there are a lot of new teams that haven't won in some time. Uh, you know, if you go down Baltimore, obviously Minnesota, Texas, Tampa Bay, Toronto, none of them have won. Seattle, none of them have won recently. And obviously, you know, have all the NL teams too. Um, but I, I like to th- keep things interesting. And I think Seattle has that that fire that, you know, some other players might lose if they get a little complacent after uh, a World Series win or, you know, the World Series hangover, championship hangovers are a real thing. So there might be some of that in Houston thinking they were going to cruise into the playoffs and all of a sudden they're fighting for their lives having a playoff series a week before they're probably prepared to have a playoff series. So I, I think Seattle gets that final spot. So awesome. we shall see. Awesome. Uh, I'm glad I've, uh, I'm glad yeah. I've turned you to my side here. Well, I've always liked the Mariners. The Blue Jays have, have quote unquote been my AL team, but I've always liked the Mariners uh, mainly because of their colors, their logo. And that's usually all it takes to, to get me on your side. But uh, uh, they have some obviously pretty fun players too. Um, all right, so let's move on to the other, well, not the other, but another AL division in the another Minnesota one. Twins, another one. So I wanted to make sure we took time to talk about the Twins because, well, for two reasons. One, they're a playoff team, and we just can't discount any playoff team. You know, it the playoffs in baseball, and obviously any um, any sport, but in baseball, it's all about who gets hot at the right time. You know, that's why the Dodgers have only ever won one in this kind of like generation. And obviously it was the, the shortened season. If it was just who 
won the regular season, the Dodgers would have like 12 World Series titles. So it's all about who gets hot at the right time. And there's nothing that says the Twins can't get hot. They have decent pitching. They have a decent lineup. They have decent defense. It's just, you know, people are overlooking them because it's the weakest division in baseball. They're the only team that's going to finish with a winning record. And it's not like an overly convincing winning record either. So what are your thoughts on the Twins chances and the second part of it is will he finally win a playoff game because i don't know how many years it's been or how many appearances it's been but it's been like 18 years since they won a playoff game and it's not for lack of making the playoffs either yeah i want to say it's a 19 playoff games in a row that they have Uh, maybe that's the number i was thinking of yeah which is a lot um if we let's just let's just drop the the curse aspect of this and kind of just look objectively at their roster yeah yeah please i actually i actually kind of like them uh going into a playoff not series. bad yeah it's not uh, bad they've the, got the pitching they've yeah. got the starting pitching there's no doubt about that sunny gray's an ace the problem uh, is they're gonna go up against tampa bay yeah yeah but like, okay let me it's, just it's tough <laughs> it's definitely gonna be it's, tough it's not uh, who it's you want to go up against <laughs> It's, it's always tough for the Twins. Uh, here's what I will say. They are getting contributions offensively from players that they have not normally gotten contributions from. So there is something different here. A lot of young guys, uh, Ryan Jeffers has come on for them. Uh, Royce Lewis has come on for them. Um, uh, Edward Julien has come on for them. All these young guys uh, have come on and, and really hit in the second half. They, they, they had a uh, a 500 record close to 500 record in the first half and and now they're about like 15 games over 500 in the second half so they are hot at the right time they got a pretty solid bullpen uh and they can actually transition some of their starters to long relief uh, bailey ober for example or kenta maeda who's done that plenty of times in his career uh so you know from a playoff roster standpoint i actually kind of like this this team uh to at least make some noise but obviously we know that the history of the twins in the playoffs has not been great so um we can't really predict them to win anything until they actually win something right uh so yeah. i i like what they got let's see if they can win a game and then maybe after they win a game we can talk a little bit more about what else Their they might chances. be able to do um yeah. probably not great chances in the playoffs but um an interesting team at least uh especially going forward they got a lot of young talent man not and i didn't even realize how much many of these these guys these young guys had come up and contributed especially in the second half for them uh, but if, if I'm a Twins fan, this is a good season, and I'm looking forward to next season especially. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I, I think the Twins do have going for them is obviously winning their division and getting a home playoff series. The mm-hmm. Twins have just as many home playoff or home win, regular season wins this year as the Orioles did or do. Uh, currently, they have more home wins than the, the Blue Jays, the Astros, or the Mariners. Um, so they're – they're playing to their strengths and obviously home field advantage is a real thing. I'm not really breaking any news here, but they're just significantly better at home than they are on the road. And like some teams are about even, you know, home or away, but they are significantly better at home. So that's their advantage. They really need the home crowd going to play to their home field advantage and see if they can't, you know, upset the, the Rays in round one. Like it, it's, it's, it's anyone's game. It, it's a three-game series. We saw the Royals upset the Astros, and we've seen crazier things happen. So uh, it's a three-game series that, you know, you only need to win two. So when, go win a series and get the monkey off your back. But 
let's shift from the AL Central to the NL Central and talk about another team that I want to make sure we definitely do not overlook. And that is the Milwaukee Brewers, the NL Central champions. Um, I feel like we talk about them frequently in terms of chances. I think it was 2018 where they made the NLCS, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which is like first or second year. Uh, with the Brewers where he had that monster year or part of that monster, you know, stretch uh, for the Brewers and was winning MVPs and whatnot. If you look, if if you tried to construct a playoff team, right, you're going to start with at least three high quality pitchers in their, uh, in the starting rotation. And they have that, they have arguably the best, three-headed monster in baseball with Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, who's pl- pitching out of his mind right now. I think oh, yeah. that's not getting talked about because he was hurt the majority of the year. He's healthy now, and he is a force. Like, if anything, Corbin Burns is the guy. You Brandon Woodruff's like. the ace. Right, right. right. Exactly. Like, Corbin Burns is a recent Cy Young winner, and he might not even be the best pitcher in that three-headed monster. Like, I think it Brandon Woodruff gets the ball game one. I, I, I don't know, but he's pitching out of his mind right now. And because he didn't pitch early in the year, he, his arm in theory is a little bit more fresh than someone who's had to pitch, you know, almost 200 innings all, all year long, staying healthy. And that doesn't even mention Freddie Peralta, whose second half of the year basically posts the all-star break is insane. Like his overall numbers, very solid, very respectable. Love that. But his second half numbers are insane. So if you just need three pitchers to get hot at the right time, a formula the Nationals used very, very well, like the Brewers could really make some noise. And they're seemingly going to go up against Philly, who we're going to talk about here in a second if they have enough. Like I want to make sure we pay attention to them because if you're just riding dominant pitching, you can do that for a time. Obviously, you're going to need your offense to come through at some point which is really the big question with them. But if they're going to get contributions from Mark Canna like they are and some of the other role players that they are, I I could see it happening. I I, I think they they stand as good of a shot as anyone coming out of the NL. Yeah, and that's that goes back to playoff roster versus regular season roster. You know, you look at their regular season roster, you're like, okay, whatever. But for postseason, when you don't have to worry about, you know, all the depth, that like some of these organizations like the Dodgers have where they just kind of are a factory for, for guys that can come up and play well. Um, when it comes to playoff rosters, it's a lot different. You got to have those dominant, uh, those dominant players, those dominant pitchers. Um, but you know, you're right. The offense is bad, honestly, for, for a playoff team, for a division winner, it's a bad offense. Um, they are definitely prioritizing their defense and pitching, but they got two guys. They got two guys that can make noise in the postseason. One is Christian Yelich. He's already been there, done that. He's an MVP, and he's had a resurgence season this year. Number two is William Contreras. This dude, first of all. He was a throw-in, a throw-away from Atlanta so they could get, uh, what, Sean Murphy? Yeah, I mean, basically. And uh, this dude's not just turning into a star. He's a star already. He is tied for 12th in all position players for, for F4, 5.3, tied with Juan Soto. Juan Soto is tied with William Contreras in F4. Is Juan Soto a superstar, would you say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's no debate. yeah. William Contreras is right there. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with his incredible catcher defense, which is much improved. The Brewers are a freaking factory for that, too, for catcher defense. I don't even understand what – I don't I don't get it. But 
he has improved so much defensively and he can hit. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for him to make a lot of noise for the Brewers in the postseason. I would like to see it. Um, I am not one of those Nats fans that like hates Philadelphia more than anything because of, you know, Bryce Harper and all this stuff. I actually still quite like Bryce Harper and I would like to see him win the world series as you know, during this time period where the Nats are not contending for a world series. Once the Nats are contending again, it's obviously, you know, we hate Philly. Yeah. We hate (laughs) Philly. Um, But uh, if Milwaukee comes out guns blazing and just, you know, strong arms Philly, who was obviously the NL representative last year. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it because I, I think I, I talked about uh, I like mixing up, uh, you know, these uh, championship teams and whatnot. But I, I think the Brewers, this might be their last best chance. Obviously, they have the same three pitchers next year, but you don't necessarily want to leave it to the very last possible year of your window. You want to go in and get it now. And I think the players are probably feeling that as well. They don't want to leave it because like, let's say the Brewers start off slow next year. They could trade those guys rather than I was going to say they might trade them. Yeah. So like this might be your last best chance to go do it. And they have the pieces too. It's just, can their offense keep up with the, the bats of the Braves, the bats of the Dodgers, the bats of the Phillies? Like that's a big if, but they have the pitching to at least keep them competitive. And that's such a, a comfort if you're, anyone on Milwaukee's offense. So like, Hey, I just need to go play my game. Cause I have a dog out there on the mound. That's going to keep us in it. And, you know, it only takes one or two runs and that's all they're going to need. So that, and not to mention, they have a great bullpen too, with, uh, you all pie and, uh, um, Devin Williams, obviously. So, uh, a rebay guy. Yeah. What's his first name? That dude's nasty. Oh my yeah, gosh. I don't remember, but yeah, they have <laughs> the pieces. So it's just, can it come together at the right time? They're going to be, you know, a 93 ish win team. And then that's where what a 93 win team and won the world series. So, you know, crazier things have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's talk about the Phillies. Like I I just uh, alluded to, I can't tell where I stand on them because obviously they, you know, had a great run last year, knocked off the Braves, knocked off the Padres and got to the world series. I don't think they do that again. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they do that again, because even though they didn't win the World Series, they have that experience now. They won the pennant. So they know what it takes. They know what it's like to to pull off upsets. It's not like they're not needing to prove to us to do something they haven't done before. They did it last year. They were what, you know, two games away from winning the World Series. So it's like I can't tell where I fall on the Phillies. They have obviously Zach Wheeler. Aaron Nola, they need more from the rest of their staff and, and their bullpen, but their offense is as good as anyone's in, in the league. What do you think of the Phillies' chances? You know, can that we talked about them as like their only real threat, not the only real threat, but one of the biggest threats to the Braves, but can they put it all together? Yeah, it's a, well, your reaction of like, I don't really know what this team is, is kind of <laughs> the same. Like, it's like, what what are you guys? Because I think Philly's ceiling is very, very high. And when they are hot, you don't really they, – when they're hot, that offense is almost at Atlanta's level. Because if you get yeah. Schwarber hitting, hitting dingers, you get – One through nine can hit a home run, and that's just yeah. so incredibly dangerous. Castellanos has had a better year this year. So, um, you know – offensively they're great it's yeah it's that's that starting that starting rotation is is a big concern though um you know wheeler as great as he is 
has struggled in his career versus Atlanta at times. Although last year in the postseason, I believe he had a really good outing versus them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, you know, it's kind of like, is Nola going to be last year's Nola, which was really, really good? Or is he going to be this year's this Nola, year's which Nola, is, which... yeah, I don't know eh. what we're going to get. Yeah. I still think he can go out and, and give you a seven inning, one run start. So that's less concerning to me than the back half of the rotation, which is pretty weak. Um, Taiwan Walker has been all right. All right. Ranger Suarez has been all right. Um, Christopher Sanchez actually is probably the best option there, uh, in my opinion, as a third third guy. But uh, yeah, I think that, I think if their pitching can hold up uh, and the, and that offense gets hot like they did last year in the postseason, they could still go go on a run. But it, it's a little bit like they have to be hot. Like if they if they have guys that are that aren't on, then it's going to be a struggle, especially if they do end up going against that Brewers pitching staff in the first round. Yeah. I agree. I, I what we'll do obviously our, our postseason picks prior to the start of the postseason, but the way the season's ending now matters, and it's not like the the Phillies are ending it poorly. They've won five in a row. They're eight and two in their last ten. Kind of like the Brewers. Kind of like them to pull that upset. It just, I'm I'm, it, I'm sort of leaning with you because the Brewers have also played really well in the second yeah. half and going down the stretch. So. Uh, and like, I, th- I think your point about Brandon Woodruff not having the innings on him is actually a huge deal because he's going to be able to go, you know, 110, so 115 yeah. pitches in some of these playoff games where maybe you would have pulled him earlier had he pitched, you know, 180 to 200 innings. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be my personal I'm so excited first round to watch. That's going to be a great series. Atlanta and, and L.A. get a, a first round by so. Oh wait, no, I messed up. That they're not playing each other. I'm looking at this, oh, wait. the yeah, standings right. wrong. Yeah, Can, so I, they should I play each other though. That would be a fun series. <laughs> yeah, I, I would still like that. Milwaukee's most likely going to play Chicago, yeah. assuming Chicago plays. Yeah, yeah, damn. I was looking at the standings. I wrong totally way. was thinking the same way that you were there. <laughs> I, I was thinking 14 playoffs. So yeah, <laughs> damn. Yeah, we're Messed still getting used to expanded playoffs. Only the second year, guys. Give and us a break. Uh, my bad. So that that also <laughs> means that. uh Minnesota won't be playing Tampa Bay, uh, but <laughs> everything we said still applies. So my bad. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, we'll, we'll just wrap up the NL wild card. I want to talk about the Padres. I don't think they're going to get in there. Um, and, and it sucks because they made a late season run. They won like eight in a row. They're nine and one in the last 10, but it just seems too little too late. But of Arizona, Chicago, Miami, Cincinnati, all teams that are still in the race, do you think any of them are a legitimate threat? No, I say no. I say no. Like, yeah, if you feel no. better about saying no, I think no. I think they're just having all four of those teams can be feel proud about the seasons they had. Yes, they're not doing anything in the playoffs. The uh, the the D backs and the Cubs should feel great about making the playoffs this year. Just making it is a huge accomplishment, especially for the D backs who have been kind of like, were they going to take that step? They've taken a, a big step uh, and, and they've still got a lot of young guys. And don't um, forget they DFA'd an eight Madison Bumgarner salary as yes, a, like, that's right. we're going to go for it this year move. And it seems to have paid off. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the rest for the Cubs, obviously they've had a fantastic season. Rebuilt started, the same year as I was, the Nats. <laughs> I was literally saying it. I was going right for it. They started their rebuild the same year as the Nats yeah. and they're in the playoffs. Uh, Cody Bellinger's had a resurgent season. I anticipate that they will extend Cody Bellinger and keep him around there. 
Um, so then you have kind of a core of, of him and Swanson and Nico Horner up the middle, who is fantastic, by the way. So underrated, by the way. God, yeah, I love that I guy. remember your, your <laughs> talk on him prior to the season. He is incredible uh, as a defender and, and, and even as a hitter, but especially defense. Um, but yeah, no, they won't make noise in this postseason, but they should feel great about where they are going forward. Yeah. Um, and then just final thoughts on the, the Padres. I mean, we give the Mets plenty of crap for their disappointment, but the Padres are one of the bigger disappointments in recent years, in my mind with yeah. how stacked yeah. that roster is and you know how good their pitching staff was this year it's not even like oh their pitching really sucked this year not like their pitching was excellent they just quite literally if you look at you know all of the expected numbers all of the expected numbers love the padres quite literally the only thing holding them back they are not clutch yep at all in any sense of the word and that's something they just weren't a clutch team and then you hear you know wants to talk about like how the team's just not prepared and no one's really taking it seriously. And Bob Melvin and AJ Preller like aren't on speaking terms. It's just like, Holy hell, like the dysfunction just runs deep. So I think the Padres deserve a little bit more crap thrown their way for how big of a disappointment this year was. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. And it, yeah, it really sucks. We really saw their potential right at the end of the season. They go on a nine game win streak. Looks yeah. Awesome. Uh, and yes, clutch. Oh my goodness. The stats on the clutch, the clutch stats for the Padres are great. They're like top six in WRC plus and ERA. Yeah. Like what? And they, they're not even good. And their run differentials like plus 80 and they're not, they're not even 500. Uh, so I'm expecting some changes both in, as I think front office Preller's probably getting the ax. I would think, because, I would think so. Cause yeah. I mean, Bob Melvin's a multiple time manager of the year and it seems like that's the guy you're going to keep not that aj preller's done a poor job like the snell trade worked out obviously he brought in juan soto who's done more than fine you know tatis and and machado and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. bogart's obviously like he's, he's done a fine job but it, it just didn't mesh for whatever reason yeah, and it seems like they have already decided that he's the fall guy and he's probably yeah. he's probably has some some blame i think blame should fall on him i think it should fall on melvin i think it should fall on the players um, on all of them because this is a huge disappointment and changes are going to have to be made. Um, and that could include Juan Soto being traded again. He has one year left. What do they try and recoup some of the farm that they gave up to get him uh, seeing maybe the writing on the wall that this team isn't going to compete currently, um, even though they should. It's 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 tough because the roster itself isn't bad. It's good, but it's just uh, they just didn't have it when it mattered. And that's is that that seems like almost that's like a, a clubhouse thing it seems like yeah, those some, teams yeah it, it's almost hard to quantify so uh yeah some something is going to change uh in in the organization or in the player uh, in the roster big time i would think before next season i already saw like a mlb trade rumors thing that said they wanted to get their payroll under 200 million good so, luck <laughs> yeah with the contracts they have I don't know if that's going to be possible, but they might be looking to shave some payroll uh, if they possibly can. Yeah, I so, think Soto will get traded. Yeah, it'll be an interesting offseason for San Diego for sure, as it has been pretty much it's, the last five years. <laughs> especially with the perceived lack of talent in the free agent market, the trade market could heat up. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, you're right. The 2024 market isn't amazing. 2025 is going to be better, I, yeah. I believe. But uh, yeah. 
yeah, you're right. Trade market could be uh, even more interesting than normal this offseason. Yeah, so something to watch as we progress through the playoffs and obviously uh, after the season is done. Um, we're going to wind down the show the way we always do and take a trip down to the Nats farm. And the minor league season is over now. The AAA uh, year was the last remaining, and they wrapped up over the weekend. Uh, the Nationals released their uh, organization awards, and to no surprise, the hitter of the year is James Wood. I mean, I again, there plenty of what we're talking about today we're going to talk about in the offseason as well, but this is a guy who might be MLB ready when it comes, you know, spring of 2024. Uh, if you look at his 2023 stats across uh, high A and double A Harrisburg, 262, 353 for an 873 OPS, 26 home runs, 91 RBIs. I like, yeah, people are going to talk about K rate. Yeah, K rate matters. Do I care if you're still putting up an 873 OPS? Sure don't, pal. Sure don't. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can yeah. bring up one Stone Garrett if we yeah, like, like to talk about K yes, rate. Yes, K rate matters. I'm not trying to, to, to discredit K rate. But again, if you're putting up numbers, I'm going to trade strikeouts for power numbers especially with this team and the the lack of power that they have i will take that and i don't think he starts um with the team out of camp even though there are those uh um incentives for teams to not manipulate service time Mm -hmm. and and whatnot and keep top prospects down which is something to monitor i I think the nets will definitely consider that but i do still think he starts in triple a at least spends a cup of coffee there before he gets called up but we'll see how active the nationals offseason is if they're not very active i think obviously that really increases the the likelihood that we see james wood next year pitcher of the year is someone you might not have expected but andrew alvarez who spent the majority of the season with uh high a wilmington 299 era across 129 innings uh 26 games 22 starts 1.17 whip and 116 strikeouts very solid and again we mentioned it before um wilmington's a, a, a friendly park to pitchers but andrew alvarez could be a another riser through the system as the player development seemingly has gotten better he's not ranked currently in the uh, nationals top 20 or top 30 prospects but he could be uh on on his way up as well and an intriguing name to watch as he uh progresses through double a AA and triple a well we certainly need it because there have been yeah. some pitching injuries uh to jake bennett to cole henry obviously cavalli missed the whole year any pitching depth the nats can get from outside the top 30 is is certainly welcome uh, yeah, Alvarez had, had did have a really good season. Really under, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really start hearing about him till 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 later know, towards the end. Yeah, but uh, really solid stuff from him. Um, so that's that's definitely cool. That a guy that w- we weren't really thinking about actually actually took home an award. As for James Wood, um, I really I think that he's the most MLB ready of any of the the you know big big prospects in the Nats system right now. Uh, and the reason I say that is because he was more consistent throughout the season. He doesn't have, he didn't have those really big drop-offs or even the crazy pop-offs. He was kind of, he was pretty, pretty steady. He would have yeah. a little slump here and there, get back and then he'd, he'd have a little bump and then he'd come back. So that, I like that consistency more so than, uh, than, than anything uh, with wood, but yeah, it's it, again, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Top end guys. We're good. Depth. It's the really depth. need it. Really, yeah. really need it. Uh, it, it. You know, I saw 
that in terms of like WOBA and ex-WOBA throughout the organization, they're like 28th in the minors. And that just goes because there's not enough depth hitters yeah. hitting well enough to, to make up that, that ground. Uh, so you can't just rely on only your top guys. And the Nats will have to uh, continue to expand the depth of the farm system. But there is some good stuff uh, and uh, some, some stuff to be excited about for next year. Yep. And to run out the awards, Trey Lipscomb takes home the defensive player of the year award. He's my name to watch right now as we sit in the you know tail end of September. Luis Garcia's job is on the hottest of seats. And I'm not even sure if it's like necessarily his job. Obviously he's getting the majority of the starts right now, but he's had a good he, month actually. Yeah, month he out. has. I'm just <laughs> saying, I don't think we can like Sharpie him in as the 2024 starting second baseman anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think if Trey Lipscomb has a great spring training, like there's a legitimate conversation there, but um, you know, he'll need to continue off with his uh, strong uh, offensive production that he had in the beginning of the year. He kind of cooled off towards the end, but his defense is legit as you know, the organization awards show base run of the year, Jonathan Thomas. He spent uh, the majority of the year with the Fred Nats and then the nationals way award, which, uh, just a funny tweet on Twitter. I, I forgot who who put it out there, but they're like, "What exactly is the Nationals' way?" <laughs> like, the, there's there's no defined huh. culture or set of parameters uh, for the Nationals' way. Obviously, you can infer, you know, whatever you want. There's probably plenty of funny things you could say, right? That. Right. But Jacob Young, who we obviously know well with the Nationals, uh, major league team right now uh he won the nationals way award which it's hard to argue anyone else would be deserving after jacob's young jacob young's ascension through the minor leagues this year raising four levels uh on his path to the majors i i don't know what this award entails like i just mentioned but i'm happy that jacob young uh won it i think it's a deserving uh recognition nonetheless so uh pretty cool to see some of the you know top names take home these awards and it gives you some hope going forward for the player development uh, that we hope will continue to improve as we move forward, but something to watch for the off season. As we wrap up this episode, again, check out this non-playoff playoff baseball that's going on right now with some of these divisional battles that will decide the playoff matchups and races as we wind down the year. Um, the, you know, MVP Cy Young award races as well. Something to watch. The NL Cy Young is still not defined, although I do think Blake Snell is starting to pull away a little bit. It's something to watch as we wind down. One bad start, one good start could uh, shift the momentum one way or another. Uh, but that's all I got, Trey. You got anything else before we send our listeners home? Just, you know, get ready for this great playoff baseball yeah. we got because uh, we got we got wild card weekend which is super that was honestly the best part of the playoffs for me last year was yeah. that those two days where it's four games in a row yes please boom 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 let's watch the playoff ball so that's coming up super excited we got award season coming up as well and hall of fame voting will be coming shortly after that so that's i always <laughs> have hot some takes about that stuff so uh, yep. get, we'll we'll certainly talk about it but uh yeah i'm, I'm super excited for some great ball yeah, me too. Can't wait. This is the best time of the year with uh, basically all sports going at, at once, but obviously playoff getting the majority of the attention, playoff baseball getting the majority of the attention with, you know, just these must watch matchups that go on. So looking forward to it, pal. But uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. All of our links handles are below. Um, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. If you're listening on 
the podcast form. Uh, please be sure to check out our YouTube page. And if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. And be sure to uh, like, subscribe, review on the podcast platforms as well. Appreciate you. We will be back next week talking, uh, recapping the Nat season, but also talking uh, our, our previews for playoff baseball as well. So looking forward to it. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.